Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or the Notorious Fantasy. And in today's video, we're going to be doing a 12-team half PPR mock draft on Fantasy Pro's Draft Wizard at the number two overall spot. Inside of today's video, we're going to be drafting up against the NFL.com pre-draft ranking. So it's basically like a draft on NFL.com, but we're doing it on Fantasy Pro's Draft Wizard. Inside of today's video, I'm going to be going in-depth on all of my thoughts throughout my selections, as well as talking about how the draft is going and how I will adjust my draft strategy based upon how the draft is being molded throughout the draft that we're going to be doing today. The roster positions for the draft are one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, flex kicker defense, and six bench spots. I feel like that is the standard at this point for what most people play. And sure, some people play with three wide receivers or two flexes, but a majority of the questions I see in the comments section are for a league set up like this. So if you guys want to see something a little different, let me know down below in the comments section. This is a half PPR mock draft from the second overall spot. So before we get into this video, I want to ask if you guys do end up enjoying this mock draft at any point, you end up having a great time to please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. Not only is it free, I put out content every single day to try to help you guys win your 2021 fantasy football championship. And while you're down there, please make sure to hit that like button as well to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video. So without further ado, let's get into it. As we wait for the draft to load, I'd like to ask as well that if you guys do enjoy reading about fantasy football, to check out my articles on awesomeo.com. They are free and they'll be linked in the description as well as at the top of the comment section, the number one overall pick of the draft. As you can see on the right here, I'll put it on the screen here so that you guys have a better idea, is Christian McCaffrey running back of the Carolina Panthers. At this point, he is the unanimous number one overall pick in every single draft. I've done so many mock drafts at this point, and I've never once seen a different running back being picked at the number one overall spot. At number two, basically everyone is in agreement that the number two overall pick is going to be Dalvin Cook, even with the injury concerns of Dalvin Cook, even though he's probably going to miss two or three games on the season, knock on wood. Obviously, we don't hope for injuries, but he probably will end up missing some time because he does every year but even with that even with the fact that he'll probably miss a couple of games he is one of the only running backs in fantasy football that is going to be able to contend with the points per game output that a guy like Christian McCaffrey puts up so I'll happily take Dalvin Cook at the number two overall spot here I'm not going to be overthinking this selection so we go with Dalvin Cook at the number two overall spot one of the downsides of picking super early on in the draft is having to wait forever in order to pick into the second round but obviously we're drafting up against the computer today, so it goes relatively fast. So the first round is Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, who we took, followed by Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, 9-inch Nicholas Chubb, Travis Kelsey, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, and A.A. Ron Jones, Mr. Discount Double Check's buddy. So speaking of Mr. Discount Double Check, A.A. Ron Rogers has reported to training camp today. He is going to be signing a deal relatively soon, whether that is today, whether that's tomorrow, or sometime in this week to keep him as the Green Bay Packers quarterback for this season with a potential out in 2022. We saw those pictures that Devontae Adams posted, that Aaron Rodgers posted of Scottie Pippen as well as Michael Jordan, basically signifying that this is the last dance of Devontae Adams as well as with Aaron Rodgers being on the team of the Green Bay Packers. Maybe both of them are going to be looking to leave in 2022. I know for a fact that there is probably no way 
that Aaron Rodgers is the guy in 2022, but we're talking about fantasy football for 2021, and Aaron Jones now is, in my opinion, a solidified round one running back. If he falls into the second round, he is a must-draft candidate because he is one of my top six running backs. May have to move him inside of the top five because with Aaron Rodgers under center, this team moves so fluently up the field, and Aaron Jones is going to be able to score a shit ton of points in 2021. After Aaron Jones comes Ezekiel Elliott, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Hopkins, George Kittle, Darren Waller, and Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley falling very far into the second round. I feel like Calvin Ridley should be the unanimous number four or number five wide receiver for fantasy football. I don't really know what type of crazy pills this person is on, the computer is on, I guess, for drafting Justin Jefferson ahead of Calvin Ridley. Devontae Adams going in the second round. He is going to be a number one overall wide receiver pick in a lot of drafts this season. Right now, Tyreek Hill is the unanimous number one wide receiver. Most experts, not myself, have him. I have Stefan Diggs as number one, are going to move Devontae Adams up to the number one overall spot because we know about the consistency that comes with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers on the same team. You know exactly what is going to be happening week in and week out, and that is a zillion targets going to Devontae Adams. So to kind of sum up this move with Aaron Rodgers, it makes Aaron Jones a lot better. You can really rely on him. You can rely on Devontae Adams now to potentially be the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy football and Robert Tanyan. It also helps him as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Tanyan kind of had a great fall like Humpty Dumpty off that wall this season because he did have so much of his points come from the touchdowns. But if Rodgers is under center, which he's going to be, then maybe you can rely on it because this offense is going to be very good. Aaron Rodgers should finish as a top 10 quarterback. Not too sure where I have him ranked right now, but if he finished as a top five, top eight guy, you should not be surprised at all. So we're back up on the board here. All of the big three tight ends are already off the board, which does kind of suck. But at this point, Waller and Kittle are going to go in the second or the third round, depending on when your league mates are ready to pull the trigger on the tight end. Travis Kelsey basically goes in the first round every single time except for on Yahoo. I've noticed he falls into the second round in some drafts. So looking at the board right here, we're going to go ahead and hide drafted players. I'm going to actually expand the screen so you guys can see it a little bit better. All right, so I zoomed in. Let me know down below in the comment section if you guys actually prefer it more zoomed in when I'm doing drafts on here or if you'd prefer it to be zoomed out how it was originally. I know if you're watching on the phone, it definitely looks a lot better like this. If you're watching on your laptop or your computer, I'm sure it probably doesn't matter either way. So now we are back up on the board here. We already have on our team running back Dalvin Cook. So we're probably going to look to either go running back or wide receiver at this selection. I'm pretty confident in the wide receivers that are available in this range. While I'm not the biggest fan of DK Metcalf, and I genuinely believe that the Seattle Seahawks are really going to try to establish the run this season and run the ball more. He is definitely a fine second round pick, but I do have Keenan Allen in a similar range. Same thing goes with Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin. They're all in a similar range right now. If Darren Waller was available, he would be a smash pick at this spot because I genuinely believe that I don't really love any 
any of the players on the board here. I'm not super sold in on any of these players, so I'd be very happy to select a Darren Waller here, but he's not available, and I'm not going to take TJ Hawkinson inside of the second round because that's a little bit crazy as well, and I don't feel like taking a quarterback either because I feel like my team really suffers if I go quarterback super early, so I'm going to go ahead and go with a running back. The question is, what do you personally believe about Joe Mixon? Because I am not sold in on Joe Mixon. Last year, if you guys were watching my videos, I was basically on my knees giving Joe Mixon the gawk gawk fucking 9,000, telling you that Joe Mixon was going to be one of the best running backs in fantasy football, and he completely flopped like a fish uh, from that statement. He was fucking not terrible last season. He barely played in any games. He got hurt. But now this is a new invigorated offense. Joe Burrow should be healthy for the whole season. The offensive line slightly better. The wide receiver core better. I believe that Joe Mixon will be given the correct opportunity this season, but the question is how much of the game are they going to be able to really establish the run, really try to hammer the ball down the throat of the defense because eventually the Cincinnati Bengals defense isn't the best and Joe Burrow is going to have to be slinging the rock at a crazy rate. I'm still fine taking Joe Mixon here inside of the second round because he is my running back too. As a running back one, I would be very nervous for Joe Mixon to be that guy, but he will be my running back two on this team, so I feel a little bit more confident in that. He definitely does have top 12 potential if what the coaches are saying right now is that they're going to try to really feed him the rock. If that does happen, then Joe Mixon does have top five potential. If he's getting more pass-catching opportunity, then I'd be very happy, but right now, my stance on Joe Mixon is just, eh. I'm going to take him here. Not super excited. Not super scared either. It's just a very indifferent feeling. That's kind of how I feel about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well. So I'm going to go Joe Mixon at this spot at the 211 and then definitely be looking to get a wide receiver inside of the next round because these running backs, I do like Chris Carson a lot because I did speak about how I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to try to run the ball a lot more. I do like J.K. Dobbins as well, but with the team we have built so far, I feel as though we should go wide receiver. So the question is, do I believe enough in the establishment of the run? to draft Keenan Allen over DK Metcalf. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I genuinely do. I think that DK Metcalf could have a pretty down year this season compared to what he put up last year. I think inside of the third round, he is a perfectly fine pick, but I believe that Keenan Allen is going to be a target monster in half PPR, full PPR. You're trying to to chase the targets, and Keenan Allen is a guy that could finish the year with some of the highest target count inside of the National Football League at the wide receiver position, so I'm going to lead in Keenan Allen. I know people in the comment section, they're going to get fired up about D me taking Keenan Allen over DK Metcalf, but I genuinely believe if Tyler Lockett has more blow-up games then Metcalf's going to shrivel up a little bit because in those games where Lockett was just beating down these defenses, Metcalf shriveled up, and it was the complete opposite when Metcalf's ball and Lockett shrivels up. So I'm a little bit worried here. I'm going to go with Keenan Allen. I am in love with this Chargers offense for fantasy football in 2021. Justin Herbert, the pervert, Keenan Allen, as well as Austin Eckler. Love all those guys for fantasy in 2021. We are about 10-ish minutes into this video, so please make sure if you guys have any up enjoying this video thus far to hit that subscribe button down below. I'm gonna have to go ahead. Oh gosh, this looks a little bit weird, but it's fine. I centered it correctly. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that like button as well if you have ended up enjoying. I would really appreciate it. So after we went with Keenan Allen, Metcalf came out the board, followed by Allen Robinson, Michael Thomas, J.K. Dobbins, Terry McLaurin, Julio Jones, C.D. Lamb, Mike Evans, Dave Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Robert Woods, and then Travis Etienne, Pat Mahomes, Mike Davis, Chris Godwin, Josh Allen, Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson, Kyler Murray, and Lamar Jackson. Four quarterbacks going in 
inside of the fourth round. Not too much of a surprise because it seems to be in these fantasy drafts, especially when you're doing it with real people, that once a quarterback goes, then people really start to panic. They start to worry. They start to think, oh man, if I don't take Josh Allen here at the 406, then he might not fall to me inside the fifth round. Someone may take him. And then that next person who took Kyler thinks, oh man, if I don't take Kyler here, I'm not going to be able to get him on that turn because someone's going to take him. I have to reach up and pick him, which is great because if people are throwing all these darts at the quarterback position early on in the draft, then you can go ahead and wait and snag up that value at running back, at wide receiver, at tight end in the middle of the drafts. And then later on, you take one of those super high upside quarterbacks. The One of the biggest keys in fantasy football is drafting the high upside quarterback finding from a couple of years ago, that Lamar Jackson finding the Kyler Murray, finding the Josh Allen that, you know, now they're top five quarterback picks for a reason because they're fucking real. Really good, but you can find one of those guys later, a guy like Matthew Stafford, a guy like Joe Burrow, a guy like Ryan Tannehill that are going much later in the draft. That is how you genuinely win your league. Can you win drafting a quarterback early? 100%. You could draft a fucking kicker. You can draft young Hoku inside of the first round and win your league, but that's not obviously the best strategy, at least in my opinion. Mike Davis going in the fourth round. So it appears on NFL, if you're a Mike Davis fan boy, fanatic, fangirl, maybe even. For Mike Davis, you might have to pick him in the fourth round in NFL, which does seem like a pretty good price to be paying. I've In a lot of drafts, he goes in the fifth round, but in the fourth round does seem pretty fair for the amount of upside he has in Atlanta. There's kind of, we're kind of at the point at the wide receiver position where I feel pretty excited to get a lot of these guys. I don't love Chris Godwin, but a guy like Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, CeeDee Lamb, you're seeing in the third and fourth round, I am super excited about. That's why I really like to get those running backs early on in the draft but again you really got to feel the draft out the key to winning in fantasy football another key is just letting your draft strategy go during the draft you want to go into the draft with an open mind you don't want to think you know what I need to draft three wide receivers in the first three round I need to draft a tight end in round six or something that is a draft strategy that some people have make sure you have an open mind because if you're locked into a strategy you are going to reach based upon your own perception instead of drafting based upon the value that is on the board at the current pick so looking at the board here we're not going to be going quarterback here either running back or wide receiver I think it is perfectly fine drafting TJ Hawkinson inside of the fourth round, but I'd rather wait till the fifth round till I'm ready to take him. So looking at wide receiver, we have DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett, and Kenny Galladay. I like DJ Moore a whole lot. I haven't really talked about him recently, but the reason why I like DJ Moore is because DJ Moore had a pretty solid season last year. Let me click on his name so we can go ahead and bring up the stats. And he did this with Teddy Bridgewater. Now I'm not saying that Sam Darnold, the mono man himself, is going to save the Carolina Panthers franchise, but he did put up some pretty solid numbers with him. 66 uh, receptions with uh, Teddy Bridgewater last season, 118 targets, 1,193 yards, and four touchdowns. DJ Moore is just allergic to scoring touchdowns. Imagine if this motherfucker scored like eight touchdowns this season where he's going as wide receiver 18, 19, or 20. He is going to move heavily up in the rankings. I like DJ Moore a lot. I think Sam Darnold's going to help this team out a lot, and I think with Christian McCaffrey healthy, with the fact that they still have Robbie Anderson I like the Panthers as a sneaky team to win a couple of games and for DJ Moore to be a pretty sneaky wide receiver. The question is, the question is, is there enough of safety at the running back position in the next round to where I'm fine drafting a 
DJ Moore here, and I don't feel like there's much of a difference with the other wide receivers. So with DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay, to me, I don't see too much of a falloff, but I see a pretty strong falloff. I'm a big fan of Miles Gaskin. I talked him up on the Awesome Fantasy Football YouTube channel yesterday. I love Miles Gaskin, but I think that Chris Carson is that tier above, like there's tiered rankings on here. It's pretty correct to my thought process. Chris Carson is that tier above in Seattle. Because, like I was talking about, I genuinely believe the Seattle Seahawks are going to look to try to run the ball a lot more. Pete Carroll has came out and said it recently. He said it after the end of the 2020 NFL season. He said, we need to try to run the ball more. I think that Chris Carson is severely underrated in terms of pass catching, and that is going to be something that is very important for fantasy football in a half PPR, full of PPR format like we're in today with half PPR. So I'm going to go with Chris Carson. I understand some people don't like drafting three running backs super early, but personally, I'm not too in love with Darrell Henderson. Could he finish as a top 20 back 100%? But based upon what we know right now, if you're doing a real fantasy football draft, I'm not looking to draft Darrell Henderson because there's a chance that Sean McVay gets on his cell phone and says, hey, would you like to come back home, Todd Gurley? Or, hey, Le'Veon Bell, you want to jet ski your ass over here? So there's a chance that he ends up losing his work workhorse role. So I'm going to draft Chris Carson here, who I know is the workhorse in Seattle. Everyone will continue to every offseason talk up Rashad Penny. Let me know when Rashad Penny is not at the fucking hospital, because then maybe he will have some value. But that guy is just all the nurses at the hospital know who the hell Rashad Penny is in Seattle, because he's always injured, which sucks, obviously. I'm kind of making a joke of it because everyone talks him up and he always gets hurt, but we don't hope for injuries here. I hope Rashad Penny has a healthy rest of his career. After Chris Carson comes Dak Prescott and Brandon Ayuk. So like I said, the quarterbacks just go at a point in the draft where people are just panicking. They're realizing, hey, I'm not going to be able to find this quarterback in the fifth round. So they panic. I think Dak's a perfectly fine pick, but inside of the fourth round, I'm not loving it. I'm loving it. I'm not loving that. But at the end of the day, where these other quarterbacks go, it makes sense that Dak goes around that range. Brandon Ayuk at the 501, a little high for Ayuk, in my opinion, with the other wide receivers available. DJ Moore does fall to us. And like I said, the reason why I went with the player, I went with in Chris Carson, because I don't see too much of a difference between a DJ Moore, a Cooper Cup, and Adam Thielen, a Kenny Galladay. So I'm perfectly fine with waiting on them, and they fell to me. So I want to go with DJ Moore, in my opinion, the highest upside wide receiver on this list in Carolina in 2021. I will be talking about DJ Moore a little bit more, I believe, in tomorrow's video. So if you want like a full-on breakdown about him, but I think I explained enough uh, as to why I'd want to pick him here inside of the fifth round. Now we are entering into the sixth round. So here is when you really kind of win your leagues, if I'm being completely honest with you. The first round picks, that's how you lose your league, right? You accidentally pick someone who gets hurt. That's nothing, nothing can stop that. Obviously, you just pick some guy, he gets hurt, you know, fuck it, it is what it is, right? That wasn't your fault, but making a stupid selection inside the first round can really hamper you, but in these middle rounds, in the late rounds, is where you find those guys that are the fucking focal point of your team that you you've done all the research for. You didn't think that. Some people might not think, hey, this is a guy you need to take inside of the sixth round. That's my personal beliefs. Obviously, hitting on every pick in your draft is how you win your league, but a lot of people don't do as much research on the players that go in like the fifth round, the sixth round, the seventh round, or later on in the draft. People really focus in on those sleepers, but you also need to make sure you're paying attention on those middle round guys so you hit on them as well, which is a sentiment that not a lot of people really talk about but is ultimately true when it comes to fantasy football. So sorry I clicked on the cheat sheet. I meant to read off the draft board. After I went with DJ Moore, came Kareem Hunt, Chase Claypool, Josh Jacobs, Miles Gaskin, Adam Thielen, Zach Moss. 
Zach Moss? What? <laughs> Again, we're drafting against the computer, so some crazy shit's gonna happen. That should never happen in your draft. That is a idiotic pick. After Zach Moss came Tyler Lockett, Javante Williams, Chase Edmonds, Cooper Cup to close out the fifth round. Sixth round begins with Mark Andrews, Justin Herbert, the pervert Michael Carter, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, Kyle Pitts, Leonard Fournette, Dallas Goddard, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Smith, and James Robinson. In the next draft, I might, that I do on Fantasy Pros, I might go ahead and, because I have the, I don't know what it's called on Fantasy Pros, maybe it's like the expert package or something, that I got for being a fantasy football expert, because I'm a fucking expert, right, guys? But I can edit how the probability of you picking a quarterback inside the draft, and maybe I'll temper that down a little bit, because Tom Brady inside of the sixth round is crazy. But again, th those things are going to happen in your drafts. If you're playing with your friends that aren't doing research in July, that your friend just fucking wants to kiss Tom Brady like he's his son or something, then go ahead and that could actually happen. So it's not really all that surprising when these things happen because in a lot of fantasy drafts, people aren't as sharp as you who was watching a video inside of July about fantasy football. Most people just pull up a magazine. They read some shit on ESPN NFL, not trying to degrade those guys. They read that shit the day before the draft, and then they hop into the draft, and then you go ahead and dominate them because you've been watching all summer long. You're feeling it out here. So looking at the draft board here, I do like Darrell Henderson inside of the sixth round, but in my opinion, that is never going to happen. Never, ever, ever is Darrell Henderson going to fall into the sixth round. I believe that is never going to happen. TJ Hawkinson inside the sixth round as well. That is a very easy pick, but I don't believe that is going to happen. Let me know down below in the comment section if you guys think I should just pick these guys. Because sometimes in the draft, I don't want to pick these guys because I don't think it's even possible for them to fall this far. Darrell Henderson, no way he's going to be in the sixth round unless they sign someone. Hawkinson will never be a sixth round pick unless your league's just completely avoiding tight ends. But why, why in the fuck would Dallas Godert go ahead of TJ Hawkinson? It just makes no sense. 43% of experts agree. 100% of experts should be agreeing that you take him at this pick. So looking at the board though, Kenny Galladay is a guy that could fall into the sixth round because of the perception on Kenny Galladay. Sure, he is a great wide receiver, but he is on a team that really limits his upside. I completely agree on that. So, yeah, that's why Kenny Gaudet is sitting here in the sixth round, and I'm going to pick him. I feel that is pretty reasonable. Sure, he goes in the fifth round in some leagues, but there's definitely a narrative that could be spread about Kenny Gaudet where he's going to completely fucking stink because of Daniel Jones, which could happen, but I think that he's a pretty safe floor wide receiver. If he, if he falls out of the top 24, I would be shocked. Looking at the board here, Darrell Henderson is still available. We're not going to pick him, though, because like I'm saying, that is just so inaccurate. Same with TJ Hawkinson. We're going to go with Damian Harris here. I made a video yesterday or the day before talking up Damian Harris. He is one of my favorite mid-round running backs. I thought that he was going to be like a fifth round pick by the time we get there in August, and maybe he will by the time you're doing your actual drafts, but it seems like he's still getting drafted in the seventh, the eighth round, and Damian Harris to me is the clear running back one, the clear workhorse in New England. Sure, they're going to throw other guys into the lineup. That's the Bill Belichick way. Sure, James Robinson, or not James Robinson, James White is going to go ahead and vulture some of those catches that Damian Harris could get. But I genuinely believe that with this offense looking better, with the defense looking stronger, then Damian Harris is going to have a lot of opportunity to touch the ball in the games. And all you want for fantasy is guys who are going to get their hands on the fucking football. So we're going to draft Damian Harris here inside of the seventh round. So now we have a pretty balanced team. We have one, two, three running backs on uh, our starting roster, obviously in our flex. And then we have one running back on the bench. So four total running backs, three total wide receivers 
on our team. The thing that I preach in every single mock draft video is that you want to go ahead and try to have more running backs than wide receivers at the end of the draft if this is your setup. If your setup is two running backs, two wide receivers, a flex, and bench. If you play in a league where you can start three wide receivers, where you start two flexes, then the sentiment does somewhat change because then I think you go with a more balanced wide receiver to running back ratio because you may want to be starting four wide receivers on a weekly basis. Especially if it's a half PPR or full PPR league. Now, some people do still play in standard fantasy football leagues, and I'll probably do a few standard drafts, but I very much encourage you, if you do a standard draft, to try to tell your commissioner, or if you are the commissioner, to change your league because standard is such a way of the past at this point. It, it genuinely really is, and it's hard to cater content to standard when a majority of people play in half PPR or full PPR. All of my leagues are full PPR, but I'm fine doing half PPR drafts. I have played in those kind of leagues before. So Darrell Henderson still available inside of the eighth round. That is the easiest pick ever. Same with TJ Hawkinson. But again, there should be no reason for those guys to be on the board. So we're going to continue to dismiss them. But obviously, if this is a real draft, you would select them. But for the purpose of the video, I think it will make the team look way too good. And it's pretty unfair. So after we went with Damian Harris, comes Raheem Mostert, Kenyon Drake, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Jamar Chase, Matthew Stafford, David Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Corvette, Corvette, Cortland Sutton, Will Fuller, DJ Chark, Curtis Samuel, Titty Boy T. Higgins, Trey Sermon, Brandon Cooks, Robbie Anderson, Darnell, Here Comes the Mooney, Hollywood Brown, James Conner, and Tyler Boyd. If you want to lose your draft, you're not going to lose your draft by drafting this guy, but if you want to severely put a damper on your wide receiver core, then you draft Hollywood Brown because Hollywood Brown is going to be the same guy he's been in his career. Maybe he has an uptick in production. Maybe he has one other good game where he blows up. But he's going to be one of those wide receivers that you have in your lineup. You're thinking, man, this is the week that this guy hits. He's playing up against this shit-tier defense. He's going up against the Bengals. He's going to drop a deuce on their chest. Shout-out to Odell Beckham Jr. And then he just shrivels up. And then he'll go ham up against a bad defense or up against a really good defense. And then he shrivels up. He plays bad. He's one of those guys that has, like, three boom games. And even in the eighth round where you're hunting for upside, I'm trying to get a guy that maybe like a Will Fuller, even though that's a reach, right? A Will Fuller who could have like eight really good games next season. Whereas Hollywood Brown, that's never going to happen. He's going to have like three, four good games at best. And then you're going to be pissed the whole rest of the season trying to start him. He is one of, in my opinion, the easiest players to avoid in your draft. DJ Chark, one of those guys as well. Not that he has really boomer bust potential, but because right now where we are sitting inside of July with training camps just starting to open up, by the time preseason happens, by the time there's more word out of training camp, we'll have a good idea who the wide receiver one in targets should be for Trevor Lawrence. And then, fine, if it's DJ Chark, I'm happy to take him in the eighth round. I love Trevor Lawrence this season. I think he's a great quarterback. But if we don't know, if we're thinking, hey, maybe it's Marvin Jones, maybe it's LaVishka, maybe it's DJ Chark, which is where we're sitting right now, there is no real reason, at least in my opinion, to be drafting DJ Chark inside of the eighth round. One more player I wanted to talk about did go higher up in the draft. I didn't harp upon it when it happened, and that is Michael Thomas, uh, wide receiver now of the Crispy Kareems in this draft. Uh, at the 305, the third round, pick five. I think that is way too high right now right now the window seems to be that he could miss a month could miss two months of the season and there's a chance that he re-aggravates the injury so right now going into the season knowing what we know right now I'm not taking him in the third round by late August by early September when you're drafting we may have a good idea that they're gonna say hey Thomas should be back by week x 
And then you can make a really good call of where you want to draft him. But right now, why am I dra Why would I draft him inside of the top 12 wide receivers, top 20 wide receivers off the board? That's crazy. That's crazy. And like the eighth round, sure, I'm willing to take a shot on Michael Thomas because you can put him on your IR. But inside of the top five, six rounds, to me, that's very, very crazy, especially when he is your wide receiver one and your other wide receivers are Deontay Johnson and Hollywood Brown. That's just how you're you're just cruising for a bruising uh, in the draft. That is such an old person saying. I'm like 22 years old. That's something my fucking dad would say. But let's keep on going in the draft. We're going to be looking at running backs or wide receivers here. I like Hawkinson a lot. He's my tight end for so unrealistic to take him here. The other tight ends in this range, I feel like it's just a crapshoot. Noah Fant could be really good. Could also just be the Noah Fant of the past where he's not the greatest, right? He is an athletic guy, freak fucking athlete, monster of a man, but hasn't really put up the numbers. Then there's a Logan Thomas, who one-year wonder, but did get the contract. So the Washington football team clearly believes in Logan Thomas. He signed a pretty... Hefty deal, not a super hefty deal, not some mega bag type of deal, but a nice three-year deal, I believe, today. Maybe we can click on him and it'll tell us here because Fantasy Pros is clutch like that. Will it tell us is the question. Yeah, Logan Thomas inks a three-year extension with the Washington football team. Very nice. So it doesn't tell me how much money he made, but I already knew that he signed a three-year deal. So that's good for Logan Thomas. Does that mean that I'm looking to draft him? Not necessarily. I think he could be a flop. Robert Tunyon does move up a little bit with Aaron Rodgers back. Tanyan was a guy who scored a lot of his points last season based upon touchdowns. So he's a guy I'm a little nervous about, but with Rodgers under center, you, you, you almost have to leave the touchdowns are going his way, but we're not really looking tight end here. Looking to continue to bolster the running back and wide receiver core of this team. Jerry Judy is a guy that is screaming out to me to be picked inside of the eighth round. To me, this guy has top 24 potential in 2021. He had all of the targets last season, 113 targets, only coming down with 52 balls, 856 yards, and three touchdowns. You better believe in year two of a full training camp and all this shit that Judy's going to step up. That Judy's going to play a lot better, and if Drew Locke looks better, even with Teddy Bridgewater, I'm pretty confident in Jerry Judy in 2021. Now entering the ninth round here again. If Henderson's available, it's an obvious pick, but he's not going to be. Same thing with Hawkinson. It's pretty fucking annoying, to be honest with you, fantasy pros, that they haven't been picked yet because it just makes me look like an idiot for not taking them, but... Again, I'm trying to make this as realistic as possible. We are in the ninth round, so here's the zone where I'm kind of looking to potentially take a quarterback. Looking at the draft board, let's see how many teams have taken a quarterback. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So me and afternoon tight end time have not taken a quarterback yet. So we can continue to wait because I'm pretty confident in drafting a Ryan Tannehill, a Joe Burrow to be my starting quarterback. The question is, when do teams start to take backup quarterbacks? Because in your guys' drafts, a lot of times, people do take two quarterbacks. Even if I say that that's a weird thing to do, some people do. If you take Joe Burrow, I do suggest drafting two quarterbacks because of the injury and the concerns that come with it. Maybe he's not ready week one. I don't know. I talked to a doctor about this, and he told me that Joe Burrow may be a little bit more risky than I was previously thinking. Not that Joe Burrow is going to suck or something, but maybe you should draft two quarterbacks if you take Joe Burrow is what I came out from that discussion with. If you guys want to watch that video, me and Dr. Edwin Porras, we had a great time recording that video. I really do suggest watching that. It's from a couple of days ago. We don't talk about Michael Thomas because he got hurt the literal next day, but we do talk about a lot of players that are that did get injured last season, so I think that is one of the most important videos to watch of this offseason from myself. 
So knowing what we know, we don't have to take a quarterback here because basically every team has one. Hopefully they don't start taking backup quarterbacks in the ninth round. So we're going to go ahead or the 10th round before we get back on the swing of things. We're going to go with running back or wide receiver here. We have a decent amount of running backs. We need to continue to build that running back core. Ronald Jones inside the ninth round. That is never going to happen probably, but I am going to take him here. I think there is potential for that because not a lot of people like Ronald Jones. This is a complete and utter split share 50 Fitty, fitty, fitty in Tampa. Is it possible that Ronald Jones wins the job? It seems like right now a lot of the reports are that he is dominating. So maybe he does win the job, but I think it's going to be a lot more 50-50. If Ronald Jones is not there, then I'm fine taking a Gus Edwards at that pick. Or maybe even, let's see who else went at these spots after him with Ronald Jones. After him with Ronald Jones came Jalen Waddell, Tony Pollard, Kenneth Gainwell. Those are two crazy picks in the ninth round. Gus Edwards, I really do like. Uh, after Gus Edwards came TJ Hawkinson, Marvin Jones, Tariq Cohen, T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry, Alexander Madison, Joe Burrow, Gabriel Davis, Devontae Parker, Jamal with two A's, Williams, De Devin Singletary, Naheem Hines, John Brown, Debo Samuel, Michael Gallup, Henry Ruggs. I do really like Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is the number two in Detroit. Sorry, let me scroll down a little bit so you guys can see. The clear number two in Detroit behind DeAndre Swift. It seems like it's going to be a 1A, 1B scenario based upon what they're saying. So that is a very solid pick as well. If Ronald Jones wasn't there, though, Gus Edwards would have been the main target. James Conner is a guy I really like to target as well, but he went a full round ahead of Ronald Jones, which is pretty stupid. So looking at the board here again, Darrell Henderson still on the board. We are going to go quarterback here because like I'm saying, there's a pretty solid chance that people just start taking backup quarterbacks with Jalen Hurts. I'm not sold in necessarily yet on Jalen Hurts and I'd rather be a little bit more safe. Sure, if you're hunting for complete upside, Hurts does have top five potential, but so does Tannehill in my opinion, even with Tannehill not necessarily having the complete rushing upside that a guy like Jalen Hurts does. I did not mean to click on Jalen Hurts. I meant to click on Ryan Tannehill. So we're going to go with Ryan Tannehill at this pick. And I don't think we need a backup quarterback if we have Tannehill. So we'll be perfectly fine sitting pretty at the quarterback position. After I went ahead and drafted Ryan Tannehill, we see Sterling Shepard and Irv Smith go at the turn. I love Irv Smith. Pretty disappointed that he got taken from me there, but it is what it is. Probably should have taken him in the 10th round if I truly wanted him but there is a chance people take backup quarterbacks. That could always happen. So looking at tight end here, Noah Fant is a solid tight end, like I said, but he's nothing special in like the sixth round, but in the 11th round, I'd be fine taking him. So we're going to take him here inside of the 11th round. Don't really feel any type of way about Noah Fant. He could easily be a top eight tight end, though, if all the things start going well in Denver. So that's just how I feel about him. He's not a guy that I feel super special about, but a lot of these tight ends in that range, it's just you throw the dart at it and you're just hoping that that's the guy that scores enough touchdowns and finishes like a top five guy because every year one of these random motherfuckers finishes inside of the top five. After Noah Fant came Jalen Rager, Giovanni Bernard, Tevin Coleman, Sony Michelle, which is a waste of a pick, Janu Smith, Perry Campbell, LaVishka Chenault, Terrence Marshall, Rashad Penny, Jalen Hurts. So someone did take a backup quarterback. So after that, Mike Williams, Robert Tunyon, Rob Gronkowski, Samaji P. Ryan, Trevor Lawrence, Nelson Aguilar, Deshaun Watson, Kadarius Toney, McCole Hardman, and Giovanni Ricci. So that is a stupid pick. What the fuck is that? But Deshaun Watson now seems like not going to be playing in 2021 reports yesterday the day before it's all about how Deshaun's going to get traded now it seems as though nothing's going to be happening because all this court stuff is going to be happening in February so he's not going to be able to play in 2021 how true is that I don't know but that's just what I read on the internet today if that's wrong 
then I apologize, but that it was publicized by NBC Sports Edge, who is a pretty reliable source. So after Giovanni Ricci came off the board, we are on the board here. And we're going to be looking for running back or wide receiver. We already got our whole roster filled out. You wait for the kicker. You wait for the defense. And a lot of drafts you guys have seen of me on Yahoo and ESPN, people are drafting kickers and defenses way earlier than they have in this draft because we're drafting against the computer. And the computer is smart enough to realize that even if they pick Giovanni Ricci uh, this early on in the draft. So again, Darrell Henderson still available in the 12th round just makes no sense. So looking at the wide receivers at this point, I do like Russell Gage a lot, but there is a player I haven't talked about a lot that I think I'm going to start getting a lot higher on uh, recently, or like, like now. I'm starting to really understand what's happening here in Baltimore. I don't like Hollywood Brown, but I'm starting to think Rashad Bateman could really be the number one target there. Now, they're not a pass-heavy team. But this is the 12th round. I'm going to take a flyer. Russell Gage is much safer. But again, I feel pretty confident with the receivers we have. So I'm going to go with a super high upside shot here and go with what could be the number one wide receiver in Baltimore in Rashad Bateman, rookie wide receiver. So next up on the board here, we're going to be picking inside of the 13th round. we got to fill up our final two bench spots here. This video has gone for a while, considering we're drafting against the computer. Probably could have done this in 20 minutes, but I like to really go deep. We're going balls deep in this video on these explanations. So we're back up on the board here at the 13.02. After I went with Rashad Bateman, Mike Licky, Amagasiki uh, came off the board as well as Philip Lindsay. I'm going to move myself up to the top here so you guys have a better look in at the bottom of the draft board as we near the end of the draft. I'm going to go running back here to make sure we have more running backs than wide receivers. I'm going to head out of here. I do like James White, but we already drafted Damian Harris, so I'm not too sure I want two New England backs. I think here the pick I like the most is J.D. McKissick. He's a guy that I'm, again, it would be Darrell Henderson, but he is a guy that I'm confident in actually playing this season. I think that he's going to get a decent amount of playing time, even with Antonio Gibson on the field. Even though I like Antonio Gibson, still think McKissick will be involved enough to give him some value. And if uh, Antonio Gibson was to go down, then McKissick would provide extreme value at that pick. Now we're going kicker and defense, but after J.D. McKissick came off the board to us, Latavius Murray, Darrell Henderson, congrats, someone finally picked him. James White, Chuba Hubbard, Marky Mock, Ingram, DJ Dallas, wiki wiki DJ, <laughs> Matt Ryan, Salvin Ahmed, Damian Williams, Travion Williams, my old bitch lame, but my young Hoku, Rodrigo Blankenship, Rams defense, Tyler Bass, Pittsburgh Steelers defense, Daniel Carlson, Colts defense, Jason Sanders, Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens. Now we're up on the board. That order of kickers is so weird because all the really good kickers are still available. I'm going to go ahead and take Justin Tucker, the fucker. Probably wouldn't have been available here, but it is what it is at this point. We're just drafting a kicker. Uh, there will be a kicker rankings video later on in August, but right now, not really too much about kickers and defenses. There will be a defensive ranking video based upon their week one matchup, which is high draft defense, trying to draft the defense, playing an offense that I think is going to struggle in week one. So we're going to go with the Bucks. Don't know their matchup week one. That is just how I draft. I try to get a defense playing a not-so-hot opponent week one so that they can put up some big points week one. And then week two, you just go ahead and cut them. So we got an A+. Plus. A-plus here. Again, the grade on Fantasy Pros does not matter at all. It does not really affect my opinion of how I did on the draft, I thought this was a good draft, and it obviously gives me that positive mental attitude here of giving me an A+, but it doesn't really matter at all. Our quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, running backs are Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon, wide receivers Keenan Allen, and Wiki Wiki DJ Moore, tight end Noah Fant, flex, Chris Carson, defense, Bucks, kicker, Justin Tucker, the fucker, bench comprised of Kenny Galladay, Damian Harris, Jerry Judy, Ronald Jones, Rashad Bateman, and JD McKissick. So thank you guys all so much for watching this video. I hope you did end up enjoying. If you did, make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. Make sure to hit that like button as 
well. And leave a comment to boost this video even further up the algorithm to the fucking moon. Thank you guys for watching. I love you guys all. Stay safe. Happy club is going up on a fucking Tuesday, baby.